So it is 3rd of February 2014. I am at Club La Santa. I'm sat opposite Scott Nedley, Ironman Wales 2013 winner, who is uh, one of my roommates for this year's Tri Camp. Hi, Scott. Hi, Joe. Right, it's nine o'clock at the end of the day. What's your training been today? Uh, today I went out with your top group, so we did about a four and a half hour ride. Uh, basically kind of followed quite a lot of the second half of the Ironman course. Yeah. So we headed from Club La Santa up to Sioux, over Haria, up to Middle Del, Del Rio, uh, back down along, I guess, the coast front, but then took, I guess, came off the, the Ironman course to go back up the, the hard side of Tabiesco. Yeah. And then us, uh, another hour and a half kind of along the, the middle of the island before heading back into Club of Santa. And didn't I see you briefly run out of the room and go off and add a run-on? Uh, yeah, I did about, uh, well, I did do a one-hour run off the bike as well. Okay. And in February, for you, does does any of that, any pace or any... Do you take any reference from sessions like that, or do you just is it just get it done, bread and butter training, kind of you know time in the bank, or do you ever have any assessment of what that means to you? Um, no, not really. Um, I, I would say really my training for this year kind of is, is getting kick kick from this uh, uh, week's training that you've you know invited us out to. Um, I don't really look at pace or speed or anything I just look at kind of banking time to be honest yeah it's all base endurance it's all about building your capillaries yeah um I just want to get myself up to well get my weight down burn calories uh into a good place for probably about the end of March once spring comes around I'll probably knuckle down into you know getting some more intense, maybe race-focused uh, sessions. Okay, so when you're back home, are there particular sessions that you you um, dial into to give you that, you know, that spring race intensity sort of stuff? Is there key swim, bike, run sessions you use? Um, no, I don't really do much intensity, I guess, this, this time of year. I guess before... Uh, I had a break since Ironman Wales and I actually just concentrated more and just uh, swimming just because uh, the weather's been quite terrible back home. Yeah. Uh, and then trying to get out at the weekends to ride when I can, but we've had a bit of snow. It's been, it's rained quite a lot. Uh, we haven't had as bad a winter actually as um, the last two years, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we have had a lot of torrential rain just okay. in this, the days that we planned to kind of go ride. So. If it's been quite bad weather, I've actually just um, headed to the pool and maybe didn't, done, done a run. Um, if I need to get the bike miles in, uh, like I will need to kind of focus over the next uh, two, three months. Um, yeah. I will be hitting the, the turbo trainer, either in the rollers or, or you know, um, the compu trainer. Okay. And the winter, because it's a triathletes currency that they talk in in how many hours somebody's doing what have you been what have you been doing i mean what's been the low weeks what's been the high weeks because i think people perceive that as an ironman winner you know somehow that they they may be surprised with the numbers that you're about to say but 
you clearly have time off after winning at Wales and then you're saying now, which is February, you know, this is kind of kickstarting the start of your programme for 2014. What have you done in that intervening period, very roughly? Uh, I had six weeks completely off. And is that zilch, nil? Yep, nothing. Yep, nothing, so not I even... I think I did some sit-ups and some press-ups <laughs> in the morning, maybe two or three times a week, but that was about it. That, that was your kind of, your, um, your guilty bit. Oh, I've got to do something. I've got to do something, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, when, um, work had sent me to Belgium for, actually, I think it was about a week or two after a one-armed on Wales, so I was, I was working in the Belgium office for, for a month. Um, so actually, it kind of fit in quite well with, yeah. um, you know, taking a break anyway. Um, but yeah, since I came back, I, I've just been trying to take over really until the start of the year. So I would have said once I started exercising again, as I said, it was mostly swimming dom uh, uh, dominated, um, I'd say maybe eight to maybe 13 or 14 hours if I'm lucky. Yeah. Uh, since January, I, I had a ski trip for a week in Switzerland. And when I came back, when I would have planned to, to build into uh, a program, uh, of, I had like a really bad cough, which turned into a viral chest infection. And that kind of knocked me out for uh, two and a half weeks. And I think the better part of three and a half weeks, I've had something in the system. Yeah. Um, the week before I got here, um, like I was back in the pool, still not, uh, I would have said about 90%. Um, and only cycled once, and I think maybe ran once uh, before I actually got here. Right. Okay. And would you say that winters in the in the past? Okay, there's been different ones. Say when you've gone down to Oz and trained, but have you had winters like this before, where you've had you know a, a shall we say not an immediate off of one race straight into training? Have you had? some quite protracted winters previously has it been something that because you've done before you're kind of okay been here done this before well i can only think the very first year i went full time i know i definitely trained through winter january uh, i think like december january february march from aberdeen as an age grouper prior to that do, I, I remember not doing much and actually waited until uh, maybe March or April to kind of get into things because you know this, the, the race season doesn't start for us really until like summer. So yeah, yeah. so I waited until the better weather that came. Yeah. Um, my plan this year is to do Ironman Lanzarote, so I know how I have to to get into you know I, I think it's only fifteen or sixteen weeks till till yeah. I plan that race. So I'm already thinking about time. I need to. You know, knuckle down and get into training. Um, last last year, I was actually very lucky that uh, my work happened to send me to, to Perth, Australia, um, which was only meant to be four weeks, but that turned into I think eight or nine weeks, um, which was January and February time. So although I was working uh, actually like ten to so there was a few days I was working like twelve hour days. Um, I still managed to get out and do like really long rides Saturday and Sundays because it's obviously like their their summer, uh, and then I was getting up at five and doing um, some of the swim squads at UWA, and then every I think I think every three weeks I just entered a race that just okay I wasn't like uh, like fit for it but mm -hmm. I don't know just doing races yeah. just makes you 
kind of fit. Yeah. Uh, when I came back to, to, to Aberdeen last year, uh, I know, yeah, actually, I had like a, um, a dump of snow for two or three weeks and I kind of lost the fitness I might have gained in Oz. And yeah, I didn't really, I think it definitely helped because um, you don't really lose like too much. Yeah. Because like four weeks down or four or five weeks down the line, um, the clocks had changed and then, you know, it was into, you know, my, my summer sort of routine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I think the thing, <coughs> excuse me, that people, um, have have commented when you've been training is um that you like like many professional athletes you you know you just get on with it but you're very visibly going through the same motions that the age groupers do in terms of you know you jump in the pool you're going up and down and yeah you're in the faster lane but you're doing what everybody else does you're out on the bike you might be going with different groups and and so forth you had your run belt on when you ran out the door this afternoon and you're out there running for you, when you moved from an age grouper to an elite, was there any distinct difference you noticed in what you did, or were you just doing everything you'd done before at a slightly quicker pace? Was there any? I mean, did it did it feel different, or was it just the same thing but quicker? <clears throat> no, I, d- I don't even think it was quicker. I think it was just I did more of it. Right. I did what I did before, but I yeah. just had more time in my hands. Right. And. Right. I would have done more bike miles than than anything else. Right. Uh, I, I think uh, you know. I, when I think back when I was age group, I actually only swam once or twice a week. Okay. Because swimming was my background sport. Yeah. yeah. Cycling was new to me. Running was new to me. Uh, I think I had more of an emphasis um, actually on running um, when I last left age group because I always felt that. Uh, that's part of the race that you want to finish strong on. Yeah, I maybe yeah. neglected the bike a bit, but when I did go full time, um, I kind of had the same plan as I was an age as an age grouper, which was I held the same amount of run miles. That didn't change. Uh, I was able to do maybe three or four swims instead of two swims, and then I was getting an extra. Uh, I was probably doing up to maybe uh, four or five bikes, so the bike volume really went up. But maybe two to three times as much as it was before. Right, right, okay. So it was really just that, again, that looking at looking at yourself as an athlete across the three sports and working out still where to prioritise the additional time as a pro, but you were still in your mind thinking about the run bit was also the bit that, like you said, you wanted to finish but, strong. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, you always want to... I mean, when I think when I was a swimmer, uh, you know, you would try and attack a swim to negative split. So you, you, although it's like one discipline, you still want to do the second half faster than the, mm. the first half. Mm. And you, although triathlon is like three different sports, um, I feel you still need to finish the second half stronger, although it's, you know, weighted differently between the two sports. Yeah. Sorry, the, the three um disciplines uh the run the run section is the final third or the the final part the 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 day and if you know that you're strong in the run um you're going to be positive to you know when you come off the bike that you're only going to go forwards yeah i know it's like certain different you know every athlete's got uh different strengths and weaknesses you have guys that know that okay they're the weak runner um but they're a really, really strong biker uh, and they'll put all their eggs in one basket to really push the bike, try and get big time games. But 
to me it's like a, a little bit of a ticking time bomb that you know as soon as they start the run they're just like losing time and mentally yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's quite a negative it, can, it probably plays in their mind a lot more yeah because to to try and gain any amount of additional benefit for the run can be actually working against the run itself yeah. it's only so fast you can get to T2 before you start affecting your run anyway exactly yeah 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 um, but I mean, I, I would say I'm quite a well-balanced athlete over the three disciplines. I think uh, the, the biking has just taken time to, to kind of build and base and get strong. And I think I'm a lot more confident in what my biking ability is now when I think back to when, when I was like a rookie, uh, where I felt as though I needed to bank lots and lots of miles because I was uh, felt that, you know, um, athletes I was racing had years and years of, of, of base on me because I was so new to the sport. Mm. I didn't start triathlon until I was 26. Yeah. And uh, I think I was 29 when I decided to go full-time. So that, I'd actually only had, although you'd think maybe two or three years, it was only three uh, half years because I only trained over summer. Yeah, yeah. Um. What's your what's your goal then this year? You said Lanzarote in terms of. Uh, I plan doing two Ironman races. Yeah. Um, I've I've bagged uh, two thousand points from winning Wales last year, so I'm kind of banking on you know if I have a good performance in Lanzarote and Ironman UK, that might be enough to qualify for Hawaii. Right. Okay. So that that's that's my plan. Yeah. And the last time we spoke about this, but the last time you were here. For Lanzarote was two thousand and two thousand nine, I think. It was either two thousand eight or two thousand nine. And you were sixth. And I was sixth. Yeah. And looking back on that performance, um, what did you think about that in hindsight? And and what do you think it takes on this on this um, particular course to podium? What do you think? Um, the last the last time I raced, my goal was to podium, and I didn't have. Uh, I had like a terrible, well, I, I was really fit from the, the training I had in Australia going in. And then I can't remember which came first and which was second, but I remember get, I had food poisoning and then I had uh, flu. And I can't remember which way it was, uh, which way it was around, but uh, about three, week, three weeks out, I was battling illness. And I remember it was only four or five days before the race that was actually healthy uh, healthy again and over whatever it was I, I had and in which case you're in your taper zone you can only you know there's nothing you can do with, with training apart from kind of go race but the, the, the race I, I remember uh, I was second out the water with Stephen Bayless so we had like basically the, the fastest uh, um, swim times of the day and I think I had the uh, the first or, or second fastest uh, marathon as well, and I lost a bit. I, I didn't bike as strong as um, obviously the guys that um, you know like placed higher me on the day. But if I looked at the three disciplines, I actually had actually well, I was up there in the swim and I was up there in the the run. The the bike was uh, the sort of make or break of the of making the podium, and I don't think I was that far off the podium. I think it was maybe two, three minutes or something in it. It was uh, quite a stiff field. Um, I, I remember finishing the run like really, really strongly. It was one of those races where I just think I, uh, I ran out of road. Um, but um, my other goal at that time was to, to get a spot for Hawaii. 
um, which I did get. Um, um, obviously, the the qualifications for Hawaii now is changed to to a point right. system yeah. than than uh, the slot system that you used to have. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how will you be able to balance uh, work with training and hitting these races and recovering and going back to it um, a few times in the coming nine months? Um, well, I've obviously got the experience that I've done this race before. Yeah. Uh, I feel as though the, the the form won't really come until, or my peak form will probably come for Ironman UK, which is in summer. That's when I'm going to have like a, more of the good weather and and fitness. Everything's really going to be building for that race. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the weather is going to do in the next uh, two three months, but I know I have to be very focused and diligent with my, my time um, when I get back to Aberdeen. Um, the, the amount of time that I spend, I, I, I only train really in the evenings, uh, Tuesdays to Fridays and try and overload my weekends. Um, so Monday's always off? Monday's is always <coughs> off. I get, well, it's not totally off. I, I see my uh, sports uh, physio, okay. so I get a sports massage uh, on a Monday evening. Um, and if I can get in to see my chiropractor, I would uh, see her uh, maybe every third or fourth week. If I have any specific like injury issues or nick, well, I haven't had any bad injuries, but any like niggles or anything that needs uh, extra treatment, I'll probably get in a, a, an additional appointment with her. Because mm. I, uh, knowing you, I know you're quite resilient in terms of injuries, and that obviously helps you because when you need to get down to training things don't get interrupted too much. Is there, um, is there an amount of sleep that Scott Nairdley needs to function in order to train right? Is there sort of a, you know, a, a, an acid number that you've got to stay above or you're in trouble? Um, if I think back to last year, I could have done with a lot more sleep. <laughs> it was a case of trying to catch up with sleep and rest before race, uh, before race day. Right. Or sorry, race week. Once I'm into to to taper and resting, uh, I mean because I was training after work, um, and this is because we get the light evenings in Aberdeen because we're so far north. Yeah. Um, come May, June, July, it doesn't get dark until uh, eleven thirty at night. So obviously I can train till ten. Yeah. Right after work, so I can get a three four hour ride or you know a, you know two hour intense ride, do a long run off or you know head to the pool. Um, hit swim squad, then eat my food, yeah. shower, bath, um, shower and bath. Well, <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, sometimes it wasn't until actually closer to midnight that I would uh, get to bed. Right, but and then I'm up at about seven to go to work. But yeah. we'd cycle to work. I, it wasn't really training, but it would get me a additional uh, hours um, either cycling or running to and from work before I would do my proper sessions after work. Sessions. So you um, you probably aim for getting about seven hours then? It's probably seven, but I know I like like eight or nine. Right, okay. It's something, when I was full-time, I would get eight hours of sleep overnight plus uh, one, uh, at least one power nap during the day um, of an hour, sometimes two hours, or two... 40 minute power naps if I was doing like three different sessions right right and that's that's obviously one of the distinct differences between 
having the day built around your training versus working and then getting down to training yeah. when you finish the end of the day. I, I mean, and there were still days where I just felt really, really tired. Uh, I, I can remember at least maybe four or five occasions I'd actually went to a swim squad and no, I mean to the changing rooms and I was just, I wasn't up for it and I decided to go home and get an earlier night, uh, yeah. go to bed earlier that night. Um, I, I, I think I do have a knack of sort of tuning into my body, knowing when I think uh, I need to miss a session. I feel guilty about it at the time. Yeah. But I guess when I look back at last year, I kind of got it right. Yeah. And you know, you know you're just too tired for that session to be any use. Exactly. Yeah. And another time, sometimes uh, uh, sometimes I have to work late as well at the office. Or there's been a the odd occasion where, you know, I've been called in, um, I'm on call um, more or less every second or third weekend. Um, there was a couple of times I'd be going at 10 o'clock at night and uh, do some modelling analysis for one of the guys offshore. So I kind of juggle that, uh, yeah. that aspect as well. Yeah. Um, I know of your volumes through what we've spoken about, but through the summer, and particularly with regards to Wales, what what were the big weeks and what were the bread and butter normal weeks that you'd put in terms of hours of, of training, which was in a you know, as we say, a non professional, you know, you were you were working or you were grabbing like this week off, you know, grab a week off, go and go and train, you know, as a full timer for just a week. Kind of what was the variability during last year in the build up to your win at Wales? Uh, I think my big weeks, I, I never actually looked at what the time was. I did. I know you put you it did. in the diary. I, 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 would, I know I put it in the diary. I'm guessing between f uh, 15 and a low week and 25 and a high week. Yeah. Is, that, is that about right? Yeah, there were some big ones, I think, when you went to Canada. There was some... Canada was when uh, yeah, I went to um, stay at my parents' house in Kelowna for my uh, sister's wedding. So then I got three weeks of uh, yeah, training like a full-time athlete. And I think my hours during that three-week block was, I would hazard a guess at maybe 30 to 35 hours. Yeah, bang on, <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, and it was purely just, uh, I think I focused more on like bike mileage and yeah. hitting hilltops in the ski stations. Yeah. And and start and I think it was actually I didn't start my long runs until that point as well, but it was quite noticeable. I, I it, it actually fit very well when where my sister was getting married to get that three week block because I think it was it gave me about a month out from Ironman UK. So then I got back into a two week normal kind of working block, and then I was into a taper anyway. Yeah. Um, so then I was for like Ironman UK. I knew the, the the fitness or the 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 extra block I got got in Canada was just really gonna you know make a benefit there. And uh, I I knew I I didn't weigh myself in scales, but I knew by uh, looking at myself in, in the mirror that I'd lost a lot of weight, and it was quite evident in the bike when I came back from Canada from the the roadies I was with that yes I had some extra power in the legs. Um, <laughs> which was uh, nice to hear through sort of second or third party people, yeah. Yeah. even yeah. though I kind of knew it myself. <laughs> you touched on then, you said about your long runs. Um, 
I think there's a perception, that certainly age group wise, they they sometimes get a bit obsessed with running long, and running long can just make you tired because you look at elite, even elite runners, they don't run long often they might run multiple times in a day but they don't just go off and run you know 30 to 40k runs just as a willy-nilly oh I always do my long run so in say a progression up to the peak and then down to the race how do you think about the long run in terms of its duration is there a certain time I don't go by distance I just no. purely do uh, my long run is a two two hours yeah to um I can kind of tell over you know x amount of weeks. It's just the amount of distance I I run during that two hours um, just increases, but it's two hours yeah. or thereabouts. Um, and then uh, yeah, yeah, my big days would be like a double run days. So it would be a two hour run in the morning, and then hitting a treadmill at marathon pace um, for an hour later on in the day. Yeah, so you've so, so so I'm deliberately doing that that uh, treadmill session on fatigued legs. So my mileage on that day is close to a marathon, uh, probably between I've probably ran between thirty eight and forty two k's. Yeah, when I'm really really fit, um, you know when I'm hitting bigger mileage according to the GPS and the, that two hour run. Yeah, um, with that run, do you? On the second run, feel like you do in an Ironman. Does it? Does it have that sensation to you? Okay, it's running on a treadmill, but does it? Does it give you not only the um, the time on your feet, but does it give you a sensation that that makes marathon running in Ironman, which is very different to marathon running on its own? Does it make it feel like it's simulating it? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess for me, it's like trying to simulate the the end of the run where you want to be strong. Yeah, I, it's it's weird. Well, as I get fitter, like the last few times I do it, it feels easy. Yeah, but the first two three times you're hitting the treadmill, it's like uh, I don't know. You're you're breaking your muscle fibers in, and it's uh, the first twenty thirty minutes seems to be the hardest. But once you're you're into uh, into a rhythm that feels easy. Yeah, um, it's just the boredom of just staring at a wall that you have to get through. That's the only thing, I guess. Do you um, the other thing I guess I do is um, I take on I um, I take on fuel on the treadmill session because I'm maybe working maybe a slightly higher intensity or you know it's like hot it's humid uh, um, being in a being in a being in a gym. Uh, but I'm taking on my the, the gels that I plan to to race in the marathon with as well. So is that the isotonic Hydro gels? That's uh, the power bar hydro gels. Right. Okay. Because um, they're the ones. Uh, that's what I switched to last last year. Um, since they developed um, that, that that version of gel, purely because it's uh, you don't have to take it with water. Right. Um, and it's a huge benefit. Rather than the power gels are taking the bike, you have to consume that with water. Yeah. So whenever I, I, I set my alarm in the marathon uh, to take my um, uh, gel hit, I know I don't need to be looking for, for water at the next aid station. Right, okay. And do you have a magic number of gels on the run? Is there, is there a... The runners sometimes go off the field. Uh, I mean, there's a magic number on the, the bike. It's, uh, it's normally between two and three, but... With the two hard courses I did last year, it was three gels. Uh, You're on about per hour. per hour. 
per hour. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, not two or three on the whole bike. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. um, three, three an hour on the bike and uh, two in the run. Um, just because my guts are a little bit more sensitive, but it, um, I'm I'm happier with, with two two an hour. If if I think I need more, I go a little bit by by how I'm feeling. Okay, okay. Any favourite flavours? Have you got? Yeah, yes, I do actually. Uh, it's only either vanilla or banana strawberry on the bike, and then I've only got one choice in the run. It's orange. So, orange. So orange. So, so you don't go for the cherry ones with caffeine then? Uh, no, I don't use caffeine at all. Right. Um, I would said that. I would uh, said power, that. Power, power, power bar in the states. There, uh, I think. Um, Although it's the same flavour, banana, strawberry, their banana, strawberry is uh, caffeinated. Right. So then I choose, van- I think their vanilla is still non-caffeinated. Okay, so do you find if you, is it what, a, a previous race where you, where you just took too much caffeine or that you... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, the very first Ironman I did, which was like the longest day, uh, I'd purchased uh, power gels, uh, or I had the option of two different types of gels, which was... Uh, I think it was Power Bar Black Current, which was with caffeine, caffeine yeah. and I can't remember what the other flavour was, but just by the fact that one was with caffeine and one was without, I thought, well, caffeine must be much better. Um, not knowing that uh, caffeine actually acts as a, as a diuretic. You know, uh, all my gels were, were caffeinated, so I must have had a huge amount of caffeine, but by the time I'd uh, finished the bike and started the marathon, I'd... Uh, Four pit stops in um, 12k, needing number twos, which wasn't really pleasant. So caffeine to use just a? Uh, no, I do use caffeine, but uh, it's just from getting Coke or Red Bull on the marathon. Right. But I'll wait until the last section of the bike. I don't take caffeine on the, or sometimes take caffeine on the the bike if I think I'm going through a really bad patch, by by having Coke or, or Red Bull and um, my special needs bag. Right. So it's there if I think I need it. Yeah, okay. Um, how long does it take you in season or at the end of the season to recover from a tough race, be it when you were here in Lanzarote and got sixth, when you uh, won Wales last year, when you've been down to Australia racing? Is there a big fluctuation in the amount of time it takes you to recover? Or uh... Normally, I think every race before, apart from last year, I would take two weeks totally off after an Ironman. Uh, last year, I didn't. I only took one week off after Ironman UK because I didn't know I was going to do Ironman Wales, but I think there was only five or six weeks between the two races, so I needed I needed that week because um, I felt a little bit ill and to, to let my body rebalance itself from from obviously doing Ironman UK mm. I needed to get back onto the bike a week later and get back into a routine uh, I think I actually had the runs over for I think two or three days but I was able to get through sessions and my body was right, uh, was okay but I had to build I think over a week and a half's time slowly build into the routine I had before then I was into a uh, solid routine for maybe a week or two weeks and then I was into a taper so it was, I knew the fitness yeah. was there pr- uh, before doing Ironman UK it was just and as a result of doing it as well yeah, yeah. And, as a, yeah and as a result of doing it as well it was, it was just basically 
getting myself into uh, just recovering and getting into a routine and resting again. Yeah. The fitness was there. It was just addressing the errors I'd made in that first race yeah. and uh, getting it right. And that's that's because that's a, a tight time span. Was there any point in Wales that you thought, "Oops, Ironman UK was a bit close," or did your body just respond to that period of time between, and that you actually felt really good in Wales as a result of racing in UK? I mean, I felt, uh, well, if I think about the training, no, I felt uh, I was in pain for until I was into that taper zone. Yeah. It, uh, the training was hard. It felt hard in my body. Uh, you know, made sure I had, like, extra physio and massage during that time. Um, but once I was into that rest period, uh, when I backed off my running again, yeah, there was. I think there was two bike sessions where I saw like my my power go right, uh, back back up to, which gave me a lot lot of confidence from. Uh, I think one of the pro riders um, I ride with, Nardine, just came back from Belgium and he'd smashed me like the two previous weeks. And once I'd backed my running off, um, I was right back up there. It was kind of dropping guys significantly, and I was back up. I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I knew it was like. Back at that place that uh, I was like um, uh, just before Ironman UK. If I, th- if I think about the race at Ironman Wales, um, I just I just addressed a couple of the issues that uh, I didn't get right in the UK and didn't make any mistakes. Like I made a mistake in the swim um, and I didn't fuel up enough on the bike uh, at the UK, which I did do in Wales. Um, and then it was. Yeah, there's a few points in the race, as, as in any other race. It's uh, sometimes it's mind over matter. Sometimes it's, or sorry, I should say it's it's a physical over the mental, and then other times it's the mental over the physical. Because I know we've spoken about you. You were somewhat surprised to be at the front on the bike. It kind of was an opportunity that was laid out to you, and yeah. you just took it. Yeah, um, I mean. But I look at like UK. I knew that I'd one of the uh, the second fastest marathon, and I knew if you know if I'd made that front baseline off the swim, I could have won that race. Uh, uh, I mean, the reason I I wanted a podium at Ironman UK, I came away with a fourth. I ran through to third. I got actually very close to second until I hit the wall with three three miles to go, and I lost my third spot. Um, But I could see well actually I was. You know, in another day, I think I could have won that, and I came away maybe with a better taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um. I, I didn't think of. I never really had the 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 win in my head, but I came away with. I don't know these thoughts that I want to win, um. And but then I was questioning myself that, well, you know, I'm working for these days. Well, you know, you have to be full time, blah blah blah. But um, when it when it came to doing Ironman Wales, you know. Harry Wiltshire was there, you know, so the swim was still really fast, but um, I was able to, I don't think it felt quite as fast as it was in Bolton. Maybe he was a, a little bit fatigued, but uh, from maybe racing a bit more over summer, but, um, you know, I made that front front pack. I was exactly where I wanted to be. And I was actually fully expecting, you know, the um, uh, Harry Fraser and uh, the, the Polish, um, the two-time Olympian Polish guy, um, uh, Yarek uh, to come into tra- uh, transition at the same time 
Um, he was the only person I didn't know anything about, but I thought, well, if he's been to two Olympics, he probably does run pretty good. Um, but I was quite confident that I was always going to run like a good marathon. Yeah. Um, the, I did have a, a race strategy on the bike where um, I was planning to test the guys in the second half of the, the bike on the, the hill sections. But you know, as, as it sort of panned out, um, I think Harry had uh, punctured and I didn't even know he'd uh, uh, punctured. And not long after that, uh, Fraser's chain, chain dropped. And then it was just myself and the uh, Yarrick that was up front. Um, I, th- I remember, uh, I actually, if I think back during the race, I actually fully expected Fraser to ride back up to us. Because, um, you know, Fraser is a very strong, strong, strong rider. Um, and, yeah, I just, when I was like leading at the front, well, I mean, going into the second lap, we started challenge, um, we started racing each other, we're checking each other out. Um, but once, you know, um, you know, there was a little bit of bad luck for a couple of the guys. I just kept the same tempo we'd been going like the, the rest of the race. And I just rode away from uh, Yarrick. I didn't make any attack or any dig. It was just, um, he might went through a bad patch. I just rode away. And when I knew that, when I'd realised that had happened, um, I then got my head down, ju- just decided that, okay, I'm going to try and make as much time as possible on everybody before I get into T2. And were you aware how much time you had at T2? Did you realise it was, it was a sizable chunk? I, in, in my head, I thought, uh, I'll be lucky if I get one or two minutes, but it was actually five minutes, um, which, yeah, really kind of surprised me. I think it surprised a lot of other people as well. But I mean, there was there was a period when, yeah, I was on my own. I, I remember like looking around and I was like, "Where the is everybody gone?" And uh, like the the camera crew weren't there, the lead bike wasn't there. So I was really really confused. And although I was passing other age groupers that were on their uh, first lap, I actually thought I took a wrong turn. And I was thinking, you know. You know, why am I on my own? You know, no one else was around me. But about five minutes later, the uh, the camera crew were back and the lead bike was back. I think what had ha- actually happened was they went back to, to film Fraser, f- you know, fixing his chain and uh, I think Harry, uh, you know, fixing his puncture, you know, for the for the TV later on. But uh, in my head, I was like, OK, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was yeah, one of those things where I was like, other things start to kind of go on in your head yeah. that isn't really actually happening. But, yeah. but when the, the camera crew came back up, I asked them what was going on and they told me, oh, uh, Fraser had a technical and Harry had punctured. And I'm then saying, well, where's Polish guy? And he says, oh, he's, he's, he's just back there. And I'm like, okay. So once it, it was confirmed in my head what had happened, I just decided to go yeah. for it. And once I got into transition, I still um, approached the marathon of of uh, of how I'd plan to um, before the race. Um, I know it's a really, really um, hard, hard marathon. There's about a thousand meters elevation over the the yeah. the forty two k's. So I intentionally held back over the first half half of the marathon. Um, so I did lose time to to Yara Candle, so uh, Michael Gunnar. Yeah, which um, which on the footage when when 
it was watched later. You could see that they were making out, they were sort of attacking at you, but actually you were just waiting to accelerate in the second lap. I, I, I actually held, I held back. I was cruising until I think Yarek got to about two minutes of me and then I kind of defended my lead from there. But I was still cruising and it was the last lap that I really like pushed and then that two-minute lead went from two to ten minutes. Yeah. And then the there's like a lot of out and back. There's about three out and back sections where you can uh, eyeball your opponents. And uh, I could tell by the second one, he was I, I couldn't even see him anymore. And I knew that I whereas I could in the first lap. So I, I kind of knew that I'd had the 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 win was then in the bag. And the, the last like two miles, uh, I got uh, you know, I was able to kind of back off and uh, just really enjoy the the moment. Brilliant, brilliant. Which uh, I didn't do when I did win Ironman UK, so, which oh, right. I, I didn't really, I didn't have in my head that I really won the, the race until I was in the finishing shoot. Oh, right. But this time round, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I made sure that I enjoyed every second. Yeah. So do you, do you think that, that reason why this time round in Wales you could kind of savour it was that you were just a bit more aware as a racer and as a tactician you were just more aware of what was going on and you were just and, and the course allowed you to see what was going on I think the course very much suited me as well you know when I when, I, when I'm fit and I rip my weight down um, I guess I'm a bit of a, a mountain goat mm. um, the, the the bike really suited me or the type the style of um, uh, the style of the course of you know some of those 16-80% climbs Mm-hmm. Uh, and likewise in the run, um, I think it's one. I think actually both UK and the Wales course are probably the two hard, hardest marathon courses we've got in the WTC circuit. Mm-hmm. I think just about every other other race are, are pancake flat, um, so it's good to actually have a challenge and run mm-hmm. on the back of a challenge and challenge and bike. Um, so yeah, I think the 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 courses suited me, and I made the. Yeah, I made the, the the smart decisions. Just just made sure uh, you know I got my nutrition. Tried uh, just looking at uh, you know the the day and just troubleshooting, you know, or making as very little errors as possible. Right, and so it just comes from experience. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so next up in terms of back in the UK for people that are listening to the podcast. You'll be down at the triathlon show end of Feb, start of March. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, Power Bar have uh, invited me down to the triathlon show again. So yeah, I'll be down at the the Power Bar booth um, uh, on the Saturday and Sunday. Okay, for, for Q and A's um, and auto- autographs and pictures and. Anything they want to know about nutrition, <laughs> and, uh, anything they want to know about triathlon, Ironman. Yep, and, and cool. anything they can think of. Cool. So we've got a uh, couple more days left here, and weather's good. Finally. Finally, yeah. First few days, a little bit of mist. But, uh, a little bit of rain. A little bit of rain. But, but I don't worry. If it's warm rain, hey, it's much better hey, than back home. Hey, 17 to 19 degrees is nice warm rain. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How many hours then do you reckon for this week? Um, by the time you pack your bike and head home? Uh, I think I've been doing between five and six hours a day. Right. I haven't looked at, as I say, I don't look at really the tally. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've just been 
making sure that I just don't overdo it so I can get you know the benefit of the full week then then pop my clogs uh yeah um by the tail end of the week so it's still it's still north of three sorry north of thirty hours in total then I think so yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll tally it up. Then. Yeah, we'll tally it up at the end of the day and find out what it is. Brilliant. So, um, yes, the next podcast we'll be doing then will be from the triathlon show. That's I right. I think that's going to include um, Q&As from people on the Powerball stand. Yes, that's right. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Um, so I believe that's, uh, I think, 11.30 till 12.30 on the Saturday. Yeah, we can update that on the on the notes with the podcast when, yeah. when that's confirmed. So thank you very much. And um, we'll do another one in what will only be a matter of weeks. Yep, I think uh, four weeks. And counting. Cheers, Scott. Thank you. Cheers, Joe.